This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui, and I am with Joe for part two Let's of go. the matchup, matchup episode. Uh, we got some bad news right before this podcast. We're okay, but Gus Edwards, another Ravens running back going down. There's some bad juju going on in Baltimore, dude. Like, this is I, I've never seen anything like this, dude. Like, every single one of these running backs on this roster, literally, besides Tyson Williams, and I'm not, I'm not going to wood right now for him. I'm praying for him right now. But Gus Edwards, uh, it, it has, I think it's been confirmed uh, that he has a torn ACL, and he's going to miss this season. Yeah, so it's, it's officially a significant knee injury. He hasn't done testing yet to officially confirm it, but it's expected to be a torn ACL, as well as Marcus Peters in back-to-back plays during practice both had significant like it's nuts that this actually happened and they had to cut practice short imagine trying to practice after two of your teammates and and two of like you know (laughs) two of your key teammates and marcus peters like like you know he's a presence in that locker room right there's no doubt about it yeah um so you know that's a significant blow to that team and listen man you know we have to talk about the fantasy you know you know, avalanche that comes down like after this type of news, because, you know, Gus Edwards was lined up for a a solid workload, you know, going into this season and being the clear one a now you have Tyson Williams kind of bumped up into that role. Who knows if he's even ready for it. He did look good this preseason, but you know, it's not like, you know, he was going up against, you know, starter starting caliber uh, linebackers and, and, and linemen. So it's a situation where, like, do they trust him in that role, right? Um, they might not have a choice. Now, they obviously brought Le'Veon Bell in uh, to the practice squad. He's definitely going to get bumped up to the 53-man roster sooner than later. And even before this injury, John Harbaugh did talk about that potentially happening uh, as soon as this Sunday, but, you know, even. Um, now, do you think – I mean, I, I feel like the Ravens have to go out and potentially get someone like Latavius Murray. Uh, yeah. He seems like the obvious name to me. Uh, Adrian Peterson, even, um, you know, I, I hope I just I hope they don't pick up Frank Gore. Did Frank Gore hang it up? I don't remember. No, Did not he yet. Hang it up? He didn't hang it up yet. Okay, uh, he's still there. Um, but yeah, like, like for me personally, like, uh, is there a lot of upside with Tyson? I I don't know. Like, I, I'll he'll probably be the first guy I pick up here if he's not already picked up. But in most leagues, he's probably 
picked up in most, you know, in leagues people are pay, in, where people are paying attention. Um, but Latavius Murray, I think, is the most interesting name to me. Uh, if he was added to this backfield, I kind of like him the most long term, you know, if that were to happen. Yeah, I. this is one of those backfields where no matter who they add, I'm just kind of avoiding it at this point. I think whoever they add will probably split the early down work um, from with Tyson Williams. And at the same time, like, unless it's Latavius Murray, then he probably ends up leading this backfield and carries. But still, at the same yeah. time, Tyson Williams is going to come in and take away some of those carries. Le'Veon Bell, I think he's going to be like the David Johnson of this team where like you're only going to see him on third downs and he's even to that point still not even going to be involved enough to be relevant. Um, I think at this point we can confidently say that he does not have it anymore. He's not the same Le'Veon Bell. But um, yeah, this is just a backfield to avoid. If I have Tyson Williams right now, sell, 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 sell the idea that he's going to be a running back too for some reason. People are going to buy that. And uh, there's a lot of Tyson Williams fans out there unbelievably so i i would that would be my my recommendation is i would sell tyson williams now while i can yeah you know it's it's very possible that this turns into from a run heavy team to one that we've been wanting to see and that's we wanted to see lamar throw the ball right this is going to be a lamar centric offense not that it, it wasn't already but you know i think their pass catchers at this point you know their pass catchers get you know are going to get a bump in targets, right? I think Marquise Brown is going to get a bump now, right? Rashad Bateman, if he comes back healthy, you know, he gets a, a better shot at potentially breaking out in year one. Um, you know, Mark I think Andrews. these are, you know, Mark Andrews even for sure. Um, you know, these are very likely possibilities now at this point. I think they have to really switch the, switch their offense up. Um, I, I don't know that Marty, uh, is it Marty Morty? Am I, am I, why? Why am I saying Marty Morningwood? Marty Morningwood. Where did that come from? Morning. Um, uh, Morningway. No, no, that's not right. It's Morningwood with the G at the end. <laughs> well, well, it, 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 it's funny because like Greg Roman. Uh, Greg Roman is the offensive coordinator. You know, this it has nothing to do with with Marty Morningwood. I know he used to be in the Ravens at some point, but. Um, but yeah, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. Uh, but, but yeah, like Greg Roman, like, I'm not even sure he knows how to run a balanced offense. So this might be a, a very awkward situation for, for Baltimore at this point yeah. their team was built a certain way. And now they're, those pieces aren't there anymore, yep. but yeah. All right, let's move on. That, 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 that absolutely sucks. Um, Austin Eckler, you know, there was a, there was a bit of a scare in terms of, you know, he was, you know, in the in the portion of the of practice open to the media yesterday, which was Wednesday, he did not practice and he was off to the side with trainers. Um, today, you know, there was a report basically saying that, you know, with, if there's no setbacks, he should be fine. Now, I don't know what that means. Did he tweak something? Did he not tweak something? You know, you just got to kind of pay attention. It seems like he's fine. He's like tweeting and Instagramming like he like nothing's wrong. <laughs> I, I don't know if his if that's his social media manager or if that's like, you know, uh, some scheduled tweets or whatever. But it, it like the vibes are OK. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't seem like he's going to miss time. That's my guess right now. So I'm not like rushing out to get Justin Jackson or anything like that. Like if you have no one on your bench and you 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 know what important like sure you know like just pick up justin jackson but i think it seems to me like he'll be fine and i think we'll get a better update 
uh, you know, tonight, like at least by the time you listen to this, you might get an idea of whether Austin Eckler, you know, was able to practice on Thursday. I, I did see a report earlier today stating that um, Eckler is expected to play. Uh, the fact that he was hurt, but he was practicing on the sideline. So I don't know. He, he might have just cramp injury. We, we really don't know, but it seems like he, right now he's on track to play. Yeah, I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that he was on track to play. The only thing that I saw was that um, f- f- from Doug Kyed, um, he's a reporter from uh, Pro Football Focus. He basically said that, um, you know, he worked with trainers off to the side yesterday and the team is being optimistic. But let's hope that he can get a full practice in or at least a limited practice in on Thursday. That would be ideal. Um, all right, guys, let's get into the matchups. We, you know, if you listen to the podcast that came out, uh, on Thursday, uh, you would have already listened to eight of the games. Uh, now we're going to go over the other eight games. And and this is great because we get a full slate. That's, that's the best, right? Like there's no bye weeks. We get uh, 16 games for our viewing pleasure uh, this weekend starting tonight. I'm hyped. Uh, and, we, you know, we're recording this on Thursday before the game. So if anything happens during the game, we probably won't you won't probably won't hear us talk about it. Um, unless we decide to add something to the podcast, which you probably won't. Um, and you'll hear us <laughs> early, early next week. Uh, but let's get right into it, man. Um, I want to I start with the uh, 49ers and Lions. Um, you know, if we're looking at this matchup, it, it seems like it seems super lopsided, right? Like the 49ers coming into this game, you know, strong overall team, ridiculously strong, you know, rushing attack in terms of efficiency, the Lions gave up the most rushing points to fantasy fantasy running backs last season. Um, and they don't have the firepower on offense to kind of keep up, right? Like they lost Matthew Stafford. Their offense isn't good. Their defense isn't good. So this just seems like a recipe where like what it seems to me, you know, like they're probably going to keep the attempts low, the 49ers. Um, it seems like a Raheem Mostert slash Trey Sermon game. Um and I really think that, you know, if you're playing these, obviously on, on paper, the matchup looks great for the wide receivers, right? For Brandon Ayu, for Debo Samuel. And they could have good games, but they're going to have to be efficient with their targets yeah. because they might just not get uh, a ton of pass attempts overall this week. Yeah, so for, for me, that kind of plays into, um, I, I think Brandon Ayuk and Debo aren't bad flex slash wide receiver twos. If you have Ayuk, you drafted him a high, obviously you're going to put him in your lineup. Um, but with a guy like Debo, if you're on the fence between him and another guy, I, I would just go the other way because he doesn't really need to do much in this game. They have George Kittle. As you mentioned, they can kind of just run all over the, uh, run all over the lines and not look back. Um, Raheem Mostert, I, I've talked again and again this offseason about not trusting this 49ers backfield. But if there's one week where I can confidently say I'm okay starting this guy, it's going to be this week. It's going to be with Trey Sermon um, with his first regular season game. It's going to be Raheem Mostert going in as a projected starter in a game where he can just kind of run rampant on the other team. Even if he sees limited touches or shares his touches, I still think Raheem Mostert can have a good game here. So if there's one game in the entire year, you're going to hear me say I'm okay with starting Raheem Mostert this week, it's going to be this week. Yeah, no, he, he's a great start this week. And, uh, you know, he should be a solid RB2 with RB1 upside 
this week because you know all he really needs is 15 touches you know and, you know to get like 95 yards <laughs> you know and, yeah. and, and a touchdown or two right like that's kind of how it is and the fact that jeff wilson isn't there the fact that tevin coleman isn't isn't there the fact that jared mckinnon isn't there i don't know that they just go ahead and start giving goal line carries to trey sermon right so like that role and and, and what about third down right like he can stay in the field on third down as well um are they really going to give that to trey sermon as a rookie i, I don't think so so, you know, the, the, there is a little bit of opportunity here for Raheem, for Raheem Moser that, that kind of opened up, uh, especially this week against the Lions. So, and I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Sermon himself got 10 to 12 carries in this game just because they don't want to overwork Raheem Moser for no reason in a game that they're going to win anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we talked about the wide receivers there. Now, on the Lions side of the ball, you know, DeAndre Swift is looking like he's good to go. He's going to play, um, you know, in a PPR league. I'm okay starting him as like a back-end RB2. It's a tough matchup, but the Lions are going to be throwing, you know, in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, and I can totally see him getting six, you know, six, seven targets in this game. Uh, is he going to play like a full game, like, like that, his full role? We don't know. That's like a little bit of a risk there. Uh, but like I wouldn't get too cute with it, especially if you're in a PPR league. If you're not in a PPR league, if you're like in a half point or a standard league, then that's where like I'll definitely start considering other options and start going a little bit further down than I normally would, um, you know, with my options. But I'm okay starting DeAndre Swift this week in a PPR league. Yeah, recent report says he's full go, um, no injury concerns or anything leading up to this week, which, you know, that's just a report from the team. So we'll see how limited he actually is. Um yeah, I'm in PPR. I'm fine with him being my running back too. There are some rumors swirling around right now that are uh, pretty serious about DeAndre Swift, um, but for the most part, um, in terms of legal trouble, he seems to be uh, not involved. So that's good. Yeah, I I don't even think that stuff is like worth worth talking about. Just because. Yeah, I just knew that was going to be like a question if people are listening of like, oh, what do you think? <laughs> of? So without that's actually true. going into it, I just wanted to bring up the fact yeah. that it doesn't it, seem like it, it's going to be an issue. It seems like it's not an issue. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, so and, and your boy, you, 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 well, how, how do you feel about your boy Hawkinson uh, this week? So from what I've seen from last year, the 49ers were pretty good against tight ends, yeah. but I, I, I really don't care. It's it's Hawkinson. He's he seems like the only player this offseason I've heard have great chemistry with Jared Goff. With any report coming out of Detroit, it's been Jared Goff and TJ Hawkinson. Jared Goff and TJ Hawkinson. So for me, he's a guy who's going to see maybe like close to eight to ten targets each and every game. And uh, just if they're playing catch-up in the fourth quarter, he could probably get you like six, seven points in that quarter alone. So I'm rolling out TJ Hawkinson every other week. There, there's there's about a 0% chance, unless you're in an 18 league or less, that you have a backup behind TJ Hawkinson that you feel comfortable starting over him. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely hear that. It's definitely a tough matchup on paper, um, but it's a situation where, like, he's going to be in a game script where um, it's going to be indicative of, well, this is really indicative of the entire Lions season. Right. This is what we're going to be talking about this every single week. The Lions are going to be down. They're going to be throwing a lot. G.J. Hawkinson is going to be targeted. DeAndre Smith is going to be targeted. That's l- yep. literally what we're going to be talking about. Jamal Williams, you know, he's like a desperate flex option in PPR leagues as well in week one. Um, okay, let's move on, man. Um, I think we, we pretty much covered that game. Uh, Seahawks and Colts. I think this game is a very interesting one and one that, you know, a lot of people, including myself, are going to be targeting in DFS. Um, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, he is in a new offense. I think they're going to let him cook <laughs> the entire year this time. Um, he was very involved in the offensive coordinator change. 
Um, the Colts defense was efficient last season, but they also allowed the seventh most passing yards. So you're starting Russell Wilson, right? Um, who, uh, who, who are they playing? Oh, yeah, they're playing Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, honestly, you know, he looks like he's on track to play in this game. Um, remember, Seattle, the Seattle pass defense isn't great. Um, they gave up the second most passing yards last season, and they gave up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Now, they did get better in, in the second half of the year, but but time of possession was an issue. Um, I, I, I think the Seahawks, like, moving I – think, I think they're going to move way up in terms of pace of play, which benefits everyone, right, including the opposing team when it comes to fantasy points. So I think Wentz can be a potential streamer this week, believe it or not, in, in what could be yeah. a high-scoring game. Uh, the line is set at 50 points. So in this, in his new scheme and a scheme that I think he's comfortable in, I, I think he's um, a little bit slept on this week. And, you know, you could potentially have him as a cheap DFS quarterback as well. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think there's pieces on both sides to monitor here. I mean, if we're going to go into the Colts, uh, Carson Wentz expected to be full go. Um, Paris Campbell, he's dealing with an injury right now. And considering T.Y. Hilton is also out, Michael Pittman's looking like a pretty good start this week, especially as you mentioned, Seattle being pretty easy against um, opposing defense, opposing uh, corners. I mean, I'm sorry, against opposing wide receivers. So, um, yeah, I mean, tight ends, we still don't know exactly how that's going to shape out. And from Seattle side, is, is I, mean, there, I actually, I actually didn't see an injury on, on Paris Campbell. What's going on there? Up not long ago. Oh, very interesting. Because if Paris Campbell has an injury, Zach Pascal has to be picked up in leagues. Um, limited today with an Achilles, uh, and that was yesterday. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, that's something that uh, Ian Rappaport ret- uh, tweeted. And I'm curious to know if he practiced today. He is on. He's in the Midwest, so we should have got that alert already. And let's see. Uh, Paris Campbell is at practice today. No okay. significant updates on Campbell's Achilles injury, and then no news is probably good news. Yeah, that was by Jim Ayello, one of the beat reporters there. So that's interesting. Um, now, I, this is like one like for me in my own head. This is like one of the biggest storylines. Like even though it doesn't matter at all, like Paris Campbell versus Zach Pascal, right? Like this is something that I, I've you know so that's probably uh, super insignificant to most people, but to me, this is one of the big storylines in Week One for me because Zach Pascal, from what I'm hearing, is that he is going to be like the guy that they feature, like on, yeah. like for whatever reason. Right. We, we don't understand, but like the Colts do what they want to do. Right. And Paris Campbell, you know, I'm a Paris Campbell truther and I'm hoping that he gets the shot. So, you know, Paris Campbell does get hurt again. Right. I think Zach Pascal should be picked up, but it kind of leaves Michael Pittman. Right. Michael Pittman is probably the clear. I mean, you know, he's probably the guy who could potentially break out, you know, uh, on this offense. Like we're not talking about a competition between him and anybody. Yeah. Right. Um, and the Seahawks uh, defense passing defense you know isn't isn't great right like if you if you look at like what the seahawks did against uh wide receivers last year like they gave up some points um you know uh, mostly to slot wide receivers so pascal is an option here um but i'm kind of i kind of don't want to start any of these wide receivers this week but in dfs i'm okay taking shots i I think the most notable part about uh, this <laughs> Seattle defense is that they almost let Cam Newton throw for 400 yards against them last year. 
He threw for yeah. 397 yards against Seattle last year. So <laughs> what does that <laughs> yeah. tell you about the Seattle defense? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and, and Jamal Adams, like he's the, he's the guy that is assigned to these slot wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason why these guys have been going off. And if anything, the only thing they've done this off season is get rid of Shaquille Griffin, who is now in Jacksonville. Right. So right. it's not like they've made any improvements in that area either. Exactly. So this could be a high scoring game. Um, you know, it, it, the, the reason why like in season long, I can't start any of these guys because you, we kind of don't know who it's going to be. Yep. Right, the targets can be distributed. We don't know who it's going to be, and you just kind of, kind of, kind of have to monitor it in week one. I'd rather have all these guys on my bench uh, for now. But in in DFS, what I would do is I would play play the slot guy. That's kind of, that's kind of how I feel Zach about Pascal. it. And, and, Depending on what his price is, yeah. I wonder what his price yeah. is on DraftKings. It's cheap. It's cheap. It's cheap. It's under four K might be a steal. It probably is. I can't see his price being over four K this year, this week. Okay. Um. Let's move on. Uh, did we talk about? Oh yeah. So Chris Carson, right? You're playing him uh, as a solid RB two. Um, Miles Sanders. We're not talking about the Eagles right now. So I keep getting Carson Wentz uh, mixed <laughs> up here. Jonathan Taylor, you're playing him. Yep. Uh, for Hines. sure as Any an RB RB one. Naheem Hines, like, I don't want to play him. Like, you know, he's a desperate PPR option to me. Like, we have no idea how involved he's going to be outside of obvious passing situations. So he's risky, right? Like, the, the, he has, like, zero floor at this point. I think the, C- the Seahawks gave up the third most receptions to running backs last season, but it's really about how much the Colts use Hines. Yeah. I remember how big you were on Hines uh, prior last to last year. season. And then he opens up week one with like four, a 40 point game, <laughs> which was, must've been a great feeling for you. Great. And then he finishes as like a top 15 running back. So yeah, yeah. great, great feeling. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Um, Gerald Everett uh, is somebody that you could potentially start uh, as a streamer this week. Um, hopefully he's that primary tight end running most of the routes for them. And I think you, you were going to mention it. You were going to mention Tyler Lockett, weren't you? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Tyler Lockett. I like the matchup that he has this week. I uh, you mentioned love it. Yeah, love it's a it. high scoring game. The Colts defense, this they don't have much going on in the secondary. Um, if DK is really going to be taking away the number one coverage, Tyler Lockett's in a position to have a self a game. Um, usually when Tyler Lockett has his big games, it's when DK Metcalf sees better coverage. Um, yep. even though that won't necessarily be the case, if, if Russ is cooking. Then these, I mean, last year in the first three weeks of the season, um, when, when Russ was cooking, so to speak, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both averaged over 20 points per game. So if we see any form of Russ cooking in this first game, Tyler Lockett is going to be a huge play. The Colts um, gave up way more points to slot wide receivers and flankers than the X receiver last season. And that's the position that Lockett plays. He plays that flanker slot role. So with a high point total in this game, like we mentioned 14 times, Lockett is going to be in a lot of my DFS lineups this week, for sure. Um, And the Colts like to like kind of like, you know, shift coverage towards that outside receiver. So I I think what you were describing there, I I kind of think that's what's going to happen this week. Uh, And DK Metcalf, you're going to play him. Uh, His ceiling is the wide receiver one any given week. So he's in your lineup. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say about that. Um, okay, let's move on to the next game. What is the next game here? Um, let's move on to the Browns and Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is starting them. Baker Mayfield it might be a little sneaky this week. 
Um, yeah, I think he's solid, a solid streamer. Um, he got his weapons back, right? The Browns were extremely run heavy last year, but I think that can change slightly, especially if they want to keep up with the Chiefs this week. Uh, the line is 54 and a half points, which makes it, I think, I think this is the highest implied total of the week, right? Um, the Chiefs are favored by six points, and all of this, I think, is just a recipe for Baker, you know, to be successful for fantasy this week. Yeah, in, in, in games last year where um, it was a much closer game and the Browns actually had to throw the ball. Uh, so, like, week seven against Cincinnati, that was a pretty close game between the two teams. Baker had close to 300 passing yards and five touchdowns in the air. Uh, there's another game against Tennessee where they had to air it out against each other. Baker had over 300 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, against Baltimore, 340 yards and two touchdowns. So in the games where he actually has to air it out and against the chiefs is definitely going to be a game where he has to air it out. And now he has Odell Beckham back. He has Jarvis Landry healthy. Um, I, I think Baker's a solid, solid play this week. And for those reasons, uh, you know, I like Odell in this game, you know, the, the chiefs yeah. do, the chiefs do play well in the perimeter uh, and they've had playing played well against the perimeter since Steve Spagnolo has been there. Uh, their defensive coordinator, they play better than the players that they have. To be honest, um, good scheme. But on a per target basis, Odell can be one of the most efficient wide receivers this year. Um, the Browns have, you know, had to pass the ball more in this game, like you mentioned. Um, and and I, it seemed as though Odell like really worked his ass up to come back to play at a high level. Um, and his role, particularly, is a good one, especially off of that play action in this offense. So you know, he might not need ten targets, but if he sees six or seven, those can be very efficient targets down the field, um, high value type of targets. So I, I like Odell this year, uh, th- this year and this week, uh, but but mostly this week because of how the game script might be set up. Um, as far as Jarvis Landry, uh, solid PPR play. You know, he's like a wide receiver, PPR wide receiver three, maybe nothing's exciting yeah. about him, but he kind of just gets it done. You know, high floor type of player. Um, the thing is the Browns don't play a lot of 11 personnel um, with three wide receivers, but when they do, Landry is going to be the one taking advantage of like the, what the real weak spot of the chiefs offense uh, defense is, And that's the slot. So, um, you know, he, he could do his thing, but just not exciting. Not a ton of upside there. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, um, you know, he, you know, it's tough. It's, it's tough to, you know, really look at Hilaire and say like, okay, well, you know, he's obviously, he's going to kill it this, this week. You good? You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I just got a phone call. Apparently, like my my headphones are connected to both my phone and my laptop at the same time. So I'm going to turn my Bluetooth off on my phone. Weird. That's fun. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I just got a phone call right here, like from a telemarketer too, of course. Um, so what was it? oh Clyde Edwards Hilaire? So you know it's hard to like look at Clyde Edwards Hilaire and say like okay this guy's a slam dunk, right? The Browns, you know they're 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 a good rush defense, right? We have no mm-hmm. idea what the split in the Chiefs' backfield is going to look like. I think still starting CEH as a solid RB two is is the way to go. But you know, you just kind of have to hope for the best here, right? Like you, you're be, he's being tied to a great offense. You're hoping that he has a bigger role, and that's kind of what's keeping him in lineups. Yeah, and you again, this is a guy you drafted second, third round, right? There's yeah, there, there's no possible way that you're putting him on your bench. Um, <laughs> I do want to see his role here. I don't think this is a matchup. If it was a cakewalk matchup, then I'd feel confident about playing him like something like DFS. But 
in, sure. in this game. I don't know exactly what he's going to get as a pass catcher. I don't know what he's going to do on the ground. I don't know, again, like you said, but the split's going to be. I think we're going to see some Jarek McKinnon, and I think it's going to piss some people off, yeah. but I'm yeah. excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for people to be pissed off. I hear yeah. you in that one. Um, great matchup. You know, so so on the other side of the ball, though, like the, the Browns have a great matchup on the ground, right? Um, the fact that the Chiefs allowed the 10th most rushing yards last season while being one of the best offenses <laughs> means that the rush defense is pretty bad, right? Um, there's a good chance the Browns remain in the game the entire time. Um, so Chubb can easily see 20 plus carries in this game with some goal line work. Um, and, and, you know, I don't think that they're going to completely abandon the, abandon the run, right? Even mm-hmm. if they're down like a 10 points or something like that, I think they're still going to continue to do that because that's their game and that's how they move the ball the best. Um, Kareem Hunt, you know, it, it's really hard to like f- figure out Kareem Hunt's role, right? Like it's just hard to project him, right? He's just like a, a risky PPR RB2 flex option. He has some upside. This is a good matchup. Like, he's not a desperate play, but his role isn't really defined, right? That's the problem, right? He's just playing behind Chubb, gets enough work to where he can get it done. He gets more work in the pass game than Chubb, and this matchup does help with the Chiefs because they've given up the third most receiving yards to running backs last season, but a lot of it last year was based on efficiency with him. So let's see if he can duplicate some of that. How, how, do, you view, how do you view Hunt? Like, are you ranking him as like a PPR RB2? So those same games that I had mentioned with Baker of when it was a close matchup, um, well, Hunt, Hunt, Hunt probably games. scored a receiving touchdown in all of them. So in Cincinnati, he did. In Baltimore, he did. In Tennessee, he didn't, but he still had nine points. So he didn't do as well in the Tennessee game, but in two out of three of those games, he did have a receiving touchdown and he did have 20 or more points per game. Right. Or close to 20 or more points per game. So, yeah, this is definitely a matchup where you can flex Green Hunt. Um, and it, it's weird because even if it was, like, against Houston, this is still a match where you could be like, okay, well, you can definitely flex Kareem Hunt because Nick Chubb's going to do his thing, and then Hunt's going to be the closer in the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter, it just takes one run. You know, so it's like Hunt just kind of seems like this, all right, I'll play him, like, every week type deal. And I think he's going to stay like that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, are you obviously playing Travis Kelsey? Uh, the Browns did <laughs> no, give up the Travis Kelsey fan- this week. The Browns did give up the third most fantasy points to Titans last season. In case you were thinking about playing him in DFS, um, Austin Hooper. Uh, he's he's an interesting streamer. Um, I don't think a lot of people are going to be looking at him, but if you're in a deep league, maybe right. He does have a shot at running more routes than he would normally against the Chiefs this week. So uh, they gave up the six most fantasy points of tight ends last season. So he's, he might be a little bit sneaky as well. Um, if you're looking for someone to just like, you know, grab you a, a touchdown. And for the same reasons that I mentioned about Odell Beckham Jr. And being efficient with his targets, you know, in, on play action passes on this particular offense, Austin Hooper kind of gets those same benefits as well. Um, all right. I think we hit everyone on the Browns and Chiefs. Let's move on to the Dolphins and Patriots. Um the word in the offseason was that Tua was doing his thing, but I don't want to start him against the Patriots. Uh, I want to kind of see. I kind of want to see how he does, and if he does well, like it looks like you got a keeper. You know, if he's on your roster, um, if he does well in this matchup, you know, a lot of people are going to be looking to pick him up after this week. Uh, but for now, I'm not playing him. Who now, would you rather start? Would you rather start sure. Tua or Jimmy Garoppolo? Tua. Okay. Because I have that yeah. exact situation, and I was wondering. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd rather start Tua, and, and the reason why I think is because um, I think 
the game script in in Miami might be a little bit better. Sure. Um, you know, I just think that it's more of a running game. You know, with 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 that. But at the same time, yeah, yeah, I, I think I'll go with Tua. I, I think you know they probably have some you know tricks up their sleeves. You know, this these coaches are mostly from New England. Um, they might you know ha- have you know some uh, some ways to kind of score against the Patriots. It's very very possible to kind of know yeah. what they do. Um, so I'd rather go there. But you know, I don't want to start either. Obviously, I'm, I'm guessing this is you put your quarterback to play in the Superflex League or something. This is a quarterback two play in a two QB league. My quarterback one is Ryan Tannehill. I have Tua, I have Jimmy G, and I have uh, uh, what's Trey, his Lance. Trey Lance. I'm like, yep, how do you know? <laughs> yeah. oh, I know. Uh, I know you well. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of how I feel about that. Mac Jones, don't want to start him either. Obviously, you know, he won the battle, but he, it's still his first game. Uh, yep. D- Dolphins defense is solid. You know, I think they're going to be pretty good this year. You know, two, two, a couple of good corners there. Um, that's part of the reason why, you know, I, I also don't want to, uh, you know, I'm not excited about any of the Patriots wide receivers this week. Nelson Aguilar dealing with a ankle injury. He's not practicing right now, which means Jacoby Myers might be just about the only wide receiver there with Nikhil Harry also on IR. So I think in that, in that respect, he becomes interesting, but still it's a, I want to see it before I believe it type deal. He's going to go up against Byron Jones. He's going to go up against Xavier Howard. Um, he's not going to get much in the slot. I mean, he is their slot wide receiver when they go three wide. But the fact that they have Janu, the fact, the, the fact, the fact oh. that they have, um, I'm still going to keep this uh, non-explicit, this podcast, okay? So um, the, the fact that they have uh, Hunter Henry, this is, they're mostly going to be in two tight end sets, right? Or at least two tight ends are going to be on the field. So mostly 12 personnel, mostly 21 personnel potentially with John in the backfield. So, you know, I, I wouldn't expect him, you know, Jacoby to play in the slot a ton. So he's going to give some tough coverage, but I think the fact that if Nelson Aguilar were to miss this game, now he becomes a solid flex option because he, if he's going to get extra targets, that matters more to me than the coverage that he's going to face. Yep. Maybe it says more about a guy like Johnny than it does about Jacoby. Yeah, I mean the thing is though, like you know, th- think about the targets though. Think about the targets that are, are were going to go um, towards Aguilar. Those are like deep targets for the most part, right? He was running those deep routes, so somebody's going to be taking that role. But uh, that whoever that is probably won't be targeted a whole lot. Who do you like better this week, Patriots defense, Dolphins defense? Um, I, I trust the Patriots defense more. You know, I think Mac Jones might be a little bit smarter with the football. Right, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, now, who has the better pass rush? Right, I think that's what it comes down to as well. Patriots, probably. probably. Yeah, so that's kind of how I look at it. You know, that that's kind of how I see it too. Stephon Gilmore obviously not playing, but their, their defense can can step up for sure. Um, who are we missing here? So Miles Gaskin, you know, for me, like he's like a PPR flex play. You know, he can get elevated to like a PPR RB2 and he might end up being like right at that fringe, uh, you know, once my rankings get completed. But, you know, he's in a situation where it's a little bit ambiguous in terms of what the split is going to look like. Is this going to be a three-man split? Is Malcolm Brown going to take too many snaps away for no reason, right? Is Salvin Ahmed going get to get more snaps that for no reason, right? And, well, actually, what's that? Ahmed. Did you just correct... Somebody from Pakistan <laughs> with with Ahmed. Are you really doing that to me right now? I am. Joey? <laughs> I am. 
Joe is telling Faraz Siddiqui how to pronounce Ahmed. Joseph, do you know what? Do you know what my last name is? Well, I mean, what, what my middle name is? It's Ahmed, dude. <laughs> I'm not even fucking kidding. But he said an interview. Or someone said an interview. I'm sure it is, man. I, listen, man. If you say your name is Ahmed, you're just more religious than others. Like, that's pretty much how I look at it. Okay. Okay. Anyway, um, All right. But yeah, Salvin Ahmed uh, might, might be, you know, a little bit more involved than we think. So, you know, you kind of got want to go into this game with, uh, you know, not as, as not with high hopes, but uh, hopefully, you know, he has a solid floor and he can rack up, you know, four or five receptions to, to kind of give you some sort of production, right? Um, on the other side of the ball, Damian Harris, the clear early down back there. James White, the clear, you know, passing down back. You know, he is – James White is probably a desperate PPR option this week um, if you really need somebody in your flex uh, in deeper leagues. Um, but Damian Harris, like, the hope there is that there isn't a third running back that kind of, like, eats into some of that share. Um, by the way, can you hear my kids running across the top? Of the- I can. I can. That's awesome. That's great. So good. I love that. <laughs> Um, that's cool. I hope you guys can, I hope you guys at home can hear it too. <laughs> but yeah, just like whenever you hear it, just know that those are my kids just running all over the house. Okay. Anyway, um, are they going to stop running? Like, what do you think? Um, not. yeah. And they're going to distract me every time they do it too. So yeah, the hope is that, you know, I can totally see Damian Harris though, get 20 carries in this game. And the reason for that is like Mac Jones, like, are they really going to put the ball in his hands? Like, are they really going to try to do that in this first game? I think they're going to rely heavily on the run, on the ground. And if they can control this game somehow, then I can totally see him getting some carries, Ramondre Stevenson, get, you know, getting like, you know, taking five, six, seven carries away from him, maybe um, something like that. So we'll see. Um, it'll be interesting to see which running backs are active as well, right? In, in week one, right? It could be JJ Taylor too. So that's something that I'm, I'll be looking out for. Yeah, and with with this backfield, um, I was really upset because going into this game, I had not had many shares at all of uh, Damian Harris. So I actually just made a trade, a pre a before season trade, which was I traded away. It was James White and Antonio Brown, and I got Damian Harris and Tyler Boyd. I feel good okay. about it. Interesting. But I like Damian Harris a lot. Trade. So. Yeah. I like Antonio Brown a lot. Yeah. Moving on. Um, Moving on. Let's do that. No, uh, no. I, 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 I can understand that trade because I don't – I'd rather have Damian Harris over James White, right? And I'd rather have – you know, Tyler Boyd and Antonio Brown, their, their value is somewhat equal yeah. as, of, as of today. Depending on what he does tonight, we can sound like idiots. Or at least you you will. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, now the as far as like the wide receivers, if if I don't like, you know, if I don't like um, two of that much, I'm not really excited about these wide receivers in Miami either because I don't want to play Devonte. Right. I don't want to play Jalen Waddle in this first game. These are guys that are going to be on my bench. Devonte probably on waivers. Jalen on my bench. Just kind of just wait and see. Will Fuller. Are you playing him at all on your bench? No, because he's not playing this week. That's right. Uh, but Jalen Waddle, he's suspended for this game. Uh, Jalen Waddle, um, you playing him at all? Interested? 
Upside flex option, maybe? My, my feeling about this game is if there's one game you can play Devontae Parker this entire year, it's going to be this game. Because March. Waddle's first year, I mean, Waddle's first NFL game, regular season game, Will Fuller's out. Parker has had success against the Patriots before. He's had success against Stephon Gilmore before, and Gilmore is not even in the game. So I really think if there's one game that you can start Devontae Parker, if you drafted him for whatever reason and you're desperate for a flex, I can understand you putting him in, in your lineup. Um, but then again, you know, there's Waddle. I, I want to see where Waddle lines up. And obviously there's upside with Gazicki and other guys, but it's just, it's, I, I'm not expecting anything from Parker, but like, if you want to start him one game, you can. All right. Let's move on to the Broncos and Giants. Um, you're not starting Teddy. He's not a fantasy quarterback. He's going to help his receivers, though, right? Um, are you, 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 do you like Teddy Bridgewater this week? I do not. Okay. <laughs> I was just checking. Um, this game, by the way, has the lowest implied total of 42. So that's not indicative of fantasy points right there. Vegas is not expecting much from this game. Uh, I am curious to see if James Bradbury chooses to shadow anyone. He'll have his chance. Uh, and his, I'm sorry, his choice between Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Uh, but whoever goes up against Adoree Jackson will have an advantage. Um, I'm not excited to start either of these guys like this week, um, but I'm fine starting Jerry Judy as like a borderline PPR wide receiver three option. Um, you know, until we see how him and Teddy gel with Sutton on the field, that's something we haven't seen yet um, for the most part. Uh, do you have any uh, any opinions on this on this wide receiver core for the Broncos? I do week? like Jerry Judy. Um, I, I like J- Judy in the slot more so than I like Sutton on the outside. So if for some reason you have both of them, you got to pick between one of them. Then I'll do that. But well, do we know that Judy's going to play, play in the slot? I don't. I don't know. I is, is, so. Tim, is Tim Patrick going to be on the outside? I hope so. It's possible. We can only. We, we don't know, but I'm excited. We, we don't know. We, we don't know. It, it, we're excited. It, it, we're excited, yep. Um, now, as far as the backfield, it's super hard to gauge, dude. Like, this backfield, Broncos backfield for week one. Like Melvin Gordon is apparently the starter, but who knows what the split looks like. Like, for me, it's almost like just a stay away type of game for me, for either of these guys. I, I just want to keep – I want to keep either of these guys on my bench, whether it's Gordon or Javante Williams. Um, just keep them on my bench and see how it plays out. That's kind of how I want to do it. We have a little bit of breaking news here. Um, the Ravens are signing Devontae Freeman. All right, so move Tyson Williams up your <laughs> ranks. They're signing him to the practice squad, and he's going through the same process that Le'Veon Bell is going through. If they don't sign Let- Latavius Murray, I'll be super curious why. Yeah. I would be. Um, okay, so moving on to the Giants. Uh, Jason Garrett calls Saquon Barkley 100% today out of nowhere. And a lot of people are wondering whether they should roll Barkley out there if they have a decent option otherwise. Uh, I don't believe that you drafted Saquon to necessarily start him in week one. I think that option is on the table. Uh, the Broncos have a good defense. Can, do you think they can limit a potentially limited Saquon? Um, <laughs> I mean, I think they want to. I just think when he goes out there and he's just going to make a play and he'd be like, all right, keep him out there. You know, especially right. a team that right now, Kenny Galladay is injured. Evan Ingram is not looking like he's going to play in this game. Um, so, yeah, I think this is just kind of a situation where Barkley's going to get more work than they want to give him. Yeah, I, I don't know that Saquon has the upside like we think he has in week one. A lot of people Definitely like not. Like if I have a Raheem Mostert, like that's a good example, right? If I have Raheem Mostert like as my RB3, 
like I might play him over Saquon in week one. You know what I mean? Because like good matchup, you know, he has the role, you know, you know, kind of know how that game is going to ro- go. And like, you have clear expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Saquon might be, have a higher floor. We don't even know if Saquon has a higher floor because we don't know if he's going to be on the field enough to get those receptions. Right. Chase Edmonds. Like maybe I'll think about that one. Um, I think there's more chances for like a dud fantasy game because of a potential lack of touches than for him to reach any sort of upside in week one. Um, now, Kenny Galladay, if he plays, are you, are you trusting him at all? Like, are you, um, well, I guess that's the wrong word. Like, are you playing him? I guess that's the word. That's, that's the right. If word. I have to, probably. Cause he's a guy uh, who. Uh, as a wide receiver three. Yeah. If I have to probably only because he doesn't really need much. Right. right. I, I think his, as bad as Daniel Jones is, he does have, uh, according to loose player profiler, uh, better deep ball accuracy than Matt Stafford. So, I mean, look, it, it's not going to take that many plays. It, it could do. It could be one play. Yeah, and yeah. that could all. You know, the, the corners, you know, don't necessarily scare me here. Like, I know the Broncos have a good defense, but like Kyle Fuller, Patrick Sertain, rookie. Like, this is going to be a good defense, but like, I wouldn't necessarily be worried about those guys. Um, did I, am I missing anything from this game? Did we pretty much get that? Get well, Sterling Shepard. I don't know if we talked yeah. about him. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. But um, you know, I, I had mentioned Saquon Barkley potentially being limited, Kenny Galladay injured, Evan Ingram not in this game. Um, you know, Sterling Shepard. If you need a desperate flex play, I think he might be your guy this week. I think yeah. he's in a you know he's in a great opportunity. And according to our buddy Matt uh, Harmon, um, Shepard's still doing great against man coverage, especially in the slot and. Now going to this year with Kenny Galladay on the outside, it's going to be really interesting to see where he lines up. And if he does end up lining up in the slot, that could be really big for him this year. Um, not that he's going to be a week-to-week, you know, producing kind of guy, but at the same time, he might be efficient with his touches, which can only mean good things for his fantasy points. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's a great point. And if you need a wide receiver, especially in PPR leagues, uh, and he's available, I think he's a good bet. Um Moving on to Packers and Saints, the total here is 50 points. Should be a good game. The line is at four, so it's, you know, Vegas expects this to be close. Uh, James Winston, you know, he could be a solid streamer this week. And, like, honestly, like, he's one of those quarterbacks that, like, might have some upside. So if you, you know, if for whatever reason, like, uh, well, there's a lot of reasons, but if you were somebody who uh, didn't pick a quarterback until super late in drafts mm-hmm. and is not Jameis Winston, like, you might want to pick Jameis Winston up before that game. Um, because it's very likely that he has a ceiling that, you know, a lot of people are unexpected because he hasn't been drafted that way, even after he was named the starter, right? Um, he does have a ceiling. We saw what he did in Tampa. Obviously, this is going to be a more controlled offense, um, I think. But I do think that he still has upside, and we might see a lot of that this week. Um, he still has Alvin Kamara. He still has Marcus Callaway. And um, this game is kind of set up in a way for James Winston to be a solid streamer this week and for him to perform. Um, like Marcus Callaway does, like we might see a lot of Jair Alexander potentially. Um, I don't know if Jair is going to shadow. Jair did shadow a bunch last year. Uh, but, it, you know, is this the type of game where they look at Marquez Callaway and say like, all right, we're going to shadow you, right? Like, I, I don't know that because Marquez never really proved it in any yeah. regular season game ever. So does he get that type of respect? I, I don't think so. If I had to guess, I would say no. Um, so what that means is that he's going to probably see a lot of Kevin King as well. And Kevin, Kevin King's King, not on the team anymore, is he? I thought he was, no? <laughs> no, I thought they released him and then drafted a corner in his place. 
I uh, let me double check on that. Hold on. Please. Please do. Um, no, he does Silence. play. The, he does play for the Green Bay Packers. Um, I, yeah, I, maybe team. maybe he's in the process of being benched. <laughs> so this is like last chance before he's benched for like the rookie they got. Um, maybe he'll take over at some point during the year. The depth chart: Kevin King is listed as a starter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, but regardless, he sucks. And the point is that yeah. like he he might he might be the starter here, and he can get burned. Right? He's not good. And well, the, the, he he has had many issues. But where is Jair going to line up against then? Who is Jair going to line up against? Yeah. No, and that's my point. My point is that Jair might stay on one side of the field. Okay, right? he might not Jair, follow. Jair yeah. can choose to go ahead and shadow Marquez, but Marquez has no track record, right? Are they yeah. are the Packers going to say like, okay, we're going to stop Marquez Callaway? Is that their game plan? Because <laughs> if it is, then sure, you go ahead and shadow. But these, this is the type of treatment that like DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams and, and yeah. those guys get, right? Are they going to like elevate Marquez and give him that type of respect in like his first game ever before he ever proved anything in the regular season? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. He might. They might not. My guess is that that they don't. Um, unless he starts tearing them up, right? Like in the second half, maybe have to make, they have to make an adjustment. Uh, but Marquez Callaway, I think he has upside. Like, I think, you know, it's a little bit of a potentially boom bust situation. Um, but like, if you have, to, if you want to roll him out as your wide receiver three, because you want to put some upside in your lineup, I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah. My, my decision this week is between Jamar Chase and Marquez Callaway. And you went with Marquez. I'm on the fence, but I'm leaning Marquez. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I'll be leading Marquez as well. Um, you know what's going to be a, a, a great? I can't wait until Jamal Chase has like a monster game in week one and everyone's mm-hmm. like, shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because everyone's so worried about the drops and, and all that. Yep. And like, you know, it's very possible. He just he just got that out of his system in preseason mm-hmm. instead of getting it out of his system in week one and week two. Yep. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, what else? Aaron Jones, you're obviously starting the shit out of him. Um, the Saints. Oh, well, listen, listen, it's, it's a tough matchup, right? Like on the ground, but it doesn't matter. He's going to be on the field a ton. He's going to be running more routes than he ever has. He's going to ball out this year. I'm not sure if um, we mentioned it. I'm not sure how much yeah. weight it really carries, but this is not going to be played in the Caesar Superdome. This is going to be played in Jacksonville. Yes, yes, that's right. So you know, just bring. You know, I think Aaron Jones takes a little bit of a hit here because of that. Um, I'm kidding. I, mean, I just want to see if you were paying attention. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, do you think AJ Dillon plays a, a role at all? Like, do you think he he can you can, people can put him in the flex? I personally don't think so. But you know, this is not especially in this matchup. Yeah, I don't really think so either. I don't I don't think he's going to be flex worthy in this matchup. Um, if it was like a Houston, right, where, sure. where Houston and Detroit were like they could you know it's going to take like two rushes for AJ Dillon to do his thing, then yeah, sure, why not? But no, not in this matchup. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, the other side of the ball, you know, the fact that they released Latavius Murray could potentially like open the door for Kamara to get even more snaps than he was going to get. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, so Kamara, uh, you know, you're obviously firing him up. Uh, Tony Jones, it, you know, he's not somebody you want to throw your lineup right now, but you know, you want to keep an eye on whether he might have some standalone value. Like you remember, you know, back in the, you know, Kamara Ingram days and the prime Kamara um, Latavius Murray year, right? Like, there's always room for another running back if they're worthy, right? And we don't know if Tony James is worthy. It only all, the only opinion that matters here is Sean Payton's, 
And if Sean Payton believes that he could be their boozer and be their big back compared to Kamara, then um, it's, it's, it's possible that two running backs can thrive on this offense and he's a weekly flex option. So that's something to look out for. So if you had Tony Jones, that's what you're hoping for. And obviously he has upside if Kamara were to ever go down as well. Um, do we hit everybody on this team? I think we did. And if we didn't, I'm sorry. Uh, Aaron Jones, start him. Let's talk about the Bears and the Rams. Um, David Montgomery is an interesting one this week. Um, if he is playing in an every down role like he was last year without Tariq Cohen, then he is going to be able to succeed regardless, right, and pick up some points, especially in PPR leagues. Um, but it's very possible that Damian Harris gets that role uh, on passing downs, uh, maybe has a little bit of role as a pass catcher. Um, and if that's the case, then David Montgomery kind of, kind of, kind of turns into like that touchdown dependent um, RB2 Williams. guy. What did I say? Damian Harris. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I meant Damian Williams. My bad. Um, Damian Harris is Damian Williams is literally the opposite of Damian Harris. Like Damian Harris is like yep. this early down guy. Damian Williams is like this like third down passing down. They built guy. pretty similarly, but yeah, the opposite skill sets. It's funny. Um, but yeah, so you know that's kind of how I view this backfield. I think uh, David Montgomery is a slight risk this week, but I'm still going to play him as like a you know mid. RB2, like a mid to low end RB2 this week. And it's a tough matchup against the Rams. Um, this this entire offense. Let's see how Andy Dalton can do. Right. Let's see if they bring in Justin Fields after like one half of football. Um, that would be super interesting. But you know, you're playing Allen Robinson. I think Darnell Mooney is a flex option here. Um upside flex option if you need it, but you don't have to play him this week just to kind of see how they – they've been keeping him under wraps, dude, this whole preseason, by the way. Um, they, I, I feel like they have big plans for Darnell Mooney this year, especially when Justin, Field gets on, Justin Fields gets on the field. Um, I think that's really when you want to play him, you know, rather than playing him when Andy Dalton's there. Um, Cole Komet, you know, someone you want to just keep an eye on. You don't have to roster him. Uh, who else? Is there anybody else that I'm missing here on the Bears offense? Not really. Um, okay. So what about uh, on the other side of the ball? Well, with the Rams, I mean, Matt Stafford, it's didn't they didn't the Bears trade away their corner or release him? They're starting cornerback. Kyle Fuller. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Fuller's gone. So it's really nobody else in that secondary. Um, oh, their corners are terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, easy starts here. Uh, Tyler Higby, not a guy who I'm like overly excited about. There's nothing about this matchup that I'm like, oh yeah, definitely Tyler Higby. Um, on the ground, Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson, maybe more of a Henderson game, but regardless, we finally get to see exactly like what this backfield is going to look like. So that's exciting. Um, on the Tyler yeah. Higby thing, like. <laughs> The, the Bears did give up the second most fantasy points to tight ends last year. So if you want to stream Higby, he's a streamer this week. He's a streaming option. And you probably drafted him to be your tight end one if you yeah. drafted him. So play him. Just play him. And play him. I, I wouldn't be worried about the Chicago Bears defense. Um, you know, you're starting Cup, you're starting Woods. They're both great stars this week. And, and I think Matt Stafford is also a solid streamer as well. I do. Because he has the weapons, he has the scheme. I think he'll be fine. 
All right. Um, as far as this backfield goes, like it's it's tough for me, you know, to really determine like how they're going to play this. Uh, Dal Henderson, I think, is going to be the one A. Uh, Sony Michelle over time could potentially work more into that. And like, I I'm, I personally believe that Sony Michelle, if he doesn't get hurt, has a shot at one point to be the primary running back on this offense. I really do. I think he has more of a complete skill set than Daryl Henderson. Um, I, I think Daryl Henderson is obviously more explosive. Um, so I think he's going to stay mixed in. And I think that's where he's served best. Um, but I think Sonny Michelle can potentially be, uh, a, you know, an upgraded version of what they were, they wanted Malcolm Brown to be last year. <laughs> if that kind of made, if that makes sense. You know, as a Patriots fan, it's like Sony's had his moments, but he's had some fumble issues. Um, I don't know. I, I know he's a first round talent. And if he was anything but that, we'd all be having our doubts exactly about what kind of role he would have. Well, he, he was efficient last year too. Like he had a, he had a decent year last year. Uh, if it wasn't for his injuries, then, you know, I really don't think that the pages would have ever drafted Damian Harris. Uh, if it wasn't for Sony Michelle's injuries, I don't think it was ever the talent. I think it was really about him staying on the field. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I feel about that. But you know, for now, I think D- uh, Dallas Henderson, he's like a low end RB two start for me. I see it. Yeah. Um, okay. Do we go over all these games? I think we have one more: the Ravens and Raiders. Ravens and Raiders. Of course, we have to go back to that sad, 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 sad thing that happened today. Gus Edwards. But um, you know, this is <laughs> the entire game plan kind of switches out for the Ravens now. Lamar Jackson, like he is going, like the whole game plan is going to be focused on him. Like when they run these, like these fakes um, to the running backs, like no one, no team is going to fall for it anymore. Like it's, they're all going to be focused around Lamar Jackson, but yeah. you know, he's going to do, he's going to do him. Hopefully, you know, Lamar Jackson's value to be honest with you can actually increase uh, if they're asking him to throw the ball more. So if he's running the ball more and he's throwing it more, uh, that just means more fantasy points. I know he might not be as efficient as he was over the past couple of years. And by the way, he's been efficient. Um, I think more volume will do him good for, for fantasy purposes. Um, Marquise Brown, you know, I, I, I do like him more this week. I, I think the Raiders, you know, their defense is not going to be good. Um, the fact that the Vegas is giving the Raiders points here, is super interesting to me. And I think that because of that, this can be a, you know, a, a low key game to target, you know, when it comes to DFS, Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, right. Um, on the Raiders side, you know, you have Darren Waller, obviously, you know, if you're going to stack this game, th- those are kind of be the options, right. Yeah. Um, Brian Edwards, if you want to be super risky, right. And, and kind of play him at like three K or whatever it is. With no Marcus Peters. I mean, we're going to have Marlon Humphrey yeah. on one side and, not really much going on, on the other side. Yeah, no, that's true. And Marlon Humphrey, who knows what position he's going to play? Um, because they 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 played him in the slot before, in the nickel before as well. And you know, who knows without Marcus Peters, where they're going to want to line him up. Yeah. Um, so so it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be a more interesting game now to see what the Ravens you know are going to want to do here. Um, Brian Edwards, Edwards, I don't, I don't want to start him. I want to keep him on my bench, and hopefully, you yeah. kind of just see what that turns into. Henry Ruggs. Um, you know, if you want to take a shot, like, you know, for some upside and just hopefully one pass gets it done for you. Sure. You know, in a deeper league, in a 14 team league, throw them in your flex, whatever, if you want some upside, I'm not excited about that at all, but Darren Waller, obviously you're starting him. Um, Mark Andrews, you're starting him. Oh, he's, he's a big part of that potential, uh, stack as well. Um, he gets a bump, you know, with this news, you know, honestly, 
he really does. So that's that's kind of how I look at how I look at this game. Or Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. I think that's something we should address as well. I think Josh Jacobs. There was a little bit of a scare earlier this week that he didn't practice and stuff like that. But I think he's fine going into this game. Um, I'm, I'm not confident. Year. I'm not confident at all on Josh Jacobs this year. Uh, right. I drafted Kenyon Drake here and there in a couple leagues uh, in PPR leagues just because I think he'll be involved a lot. Um, maybe not more than Josh Jacobs, but enough to where like he's going to annoy everyone who drafted Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, if you drafted Kenyon Drake, it's like whatever because you drafted him like much later, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I for, for me, Josh Jacobs like is like a touchdown dependent flex option or maybe like a super low end like – I don't know what a super low end RB two is. Like I don't know what that means, but like a low end RB two, uh, maybe like an RB twenty four on the week. <laughs> last. That's kind of how I see it. <laughs> the very last um, opportunity. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. And the, and the Ravens, you know, defense, you know, can still you know be okay without Marcus Peters. Um, but yeah, uh, anything from this game that I missed? Really, I mean, Darren Wallard, running back, wide receivers. Yep. Do you now? You're you're someone who was all in on Kenny Drake. Not all in per se, but just more so would rather bet on Kenyon Drake than to bet on someone like Josh Jacobs. Do you see yeah, this as a Kenyon Drake yeah. game? Do you see this um, as a game where Kenyon Drake has some sort of I, upside I, I, as a I pass catcher? The thing is, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know what his role is going to be. Like, I can, I can presume that his role is going to be uh, the pass catching back plus some early down work on top of that. Um, but I just don't know how they're going to play it, right? And there's even a possibility that he gets some goal line work too where he kind of like mixes in with Jacobs there because Kenya Drake has been more efficient on the goal line than mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs has. Um, so, you know, I just don't know. I, I don't know what makes a Kenyon Drake game just yet. I want to see how they use these guys. So I, if I, I would definitely prefer to keep Kenyon Drake on the bench. But this week, personally, I'd rather start Josh Jacobs. Because, you know, I think that this offensive run game, at least, is still going to revolve around Josh Jacobs. Um, and, you know, if they can continue to, to do that, I, I think that he will could potentially get 17, 18 carries. He's more likely to get that, right, than Kenyon Drake is. So I think there's, like, less concern for Josh Jacobs when it comes to, like, how involved is he going to be compared to Kenyon Drake right now. Sure. And that's why Kenyon Drake was, you know, taken so late, right? It makes sense. Uh, but in terms of like what I think is going to happen over the season, I think that Kenyon Drake is going to be invo- involved, involved enough where the point differential doesn't, you know, um, you know, doesn't make sense when it comes down to like how much earlier Josh Jacobs was taken, to, you know, compared to Kenyon Drake. Makes sense. Cool. Cool. I'm glad it did because I didn't, I was trying to make it, make it make sense <laughs> in my head just now. Um, but I, I think that's it, man. I think we went through all the games um thanks for thanks for joining this time dude like i'm glad i'm glad we were able to do at least one podcast this week together i, I know that people you know like when we can go you know kind of go back and forth here so um i'm glad we were able to do that uh guys listen it's 5 15 p.m eastern time where we're at this game is starting in exactly three hours so we're Excited. pumped dude we're so pumped uh you know thank you guys for listening i, I hope this helps you guys uh take it easy guys we'll talk to you soon enjoy the game um and, and joe enjoy the game man i i hope i hope you you i hope like whatever all your leagues i, I hope you have a great start to you, everybody too. Else. you too man you too <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. i hope everyone has a good start to the leagues all of you all of you uh, I, uh we'll see you guys next week take it easy see you